Hello, everybody. Welcome to this bonus episode. We are continuing our sort of series of BuzzFeed-esque <laughs> listicles. Uh, the very first one we did was the top three happiest moments from The Office. Yay, happy happy things. But now we get to shed a few tears because we're covering the opposite. We're covering the saddest moments, which sounds like an awful idea. And tears might have been shed just picking these out. So... Uh, we've each picked yeah. out three, and I also Up have to just where a couple. We are currently correct. Oh, I did not do that. Oh. I did the whole show. Oh, oops. Well, uh, that's my bad. I probably should have specified because <laughs> um, I couldn't remember what, what we did for. Oops. Um, oh, it's all right. I mean, generally for the bonus episodes, we assume everybody's seen it. Yeah. Oops. But okay. It's well, okay. I'll stick with mine. Um, cause they're likely up there anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then we, we can talk maybe more extensively about the ones that come. Yeah. That are on my list that come after. So, uh, how about you start us off? What's your okay. first? And for me, this isn't in any particular order because the office just makes me feel things in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same. I tried to put it in order, but I, I don't know that I could do that. So again, oops, mine are up until season seven, but. Um, my first one is Dwight mourning his lost relationship with Angela, specifically in Money, season four, episode four, um, when he he's crying in the stairwell and Jim comes to comfort him. Um, he's, he's moaning, he's sobbing. Uh, Jim admits that he left Scranton because of Pam. He knows what that's like. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't eat. Even food had lost his taste. Um, and it was just really sweet that. The fact that these two are quote unquote enemies, um, but they're there for each other in heartache. And when Dwight reaches out for Jim to grab his shoulder and he's gone. And it's just, ugh, it, it's just such a, it's a well done moment. And it's such a bonding moment for these two um, because Jim is willing to express his darkest moment, his worst moment to somebody who doesn't even like him um, just to kind of help him out in his, in his hard time. Yeah. This was actually one of my bonus that I was going to mention anyway. Mm. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Perfect. Uh, you're right. Not only is it expressing Dwight's genuine heartbreak at losing Angela and to be, to be frank, it's really not something that was purely his fault. He thought he was doing the right thing. Cause this is remember, this was a breakup that was after he killed sprinkles and he thought he was doing the right thing. But she broke it off because she couldn't handle it. And we had, I don't remember what the previous episode was, but when they were at Shroot Farm, the first time we were at Shroot Farm, and he was wailing in the middle of the night, too, at the loss of Angela and the loneliness he was feeling at the time. And so Dwight is completely heartbroken in this scene. He's weeping in the stairwell. And we see that friendship between Dwight and Jim uh, build not really even until like season nine, to be honest. Uh, but here, this is even pre Dwight's, uh, uh, what's the, what does he call it? Dastardly. It's not a dastardly plot, evil plot. Uh, um, diabolical plot. Yeah. It, it's prior to his diabolical plot. And you're right. This is Jim setting aside the animosity between them, setting aside the prank, setting aside any sort of, uh, antagonism whatsoever to make this guy who makes his life harder on a daily basis and to comfort him. 
so I, I love that. I, I, I think it's, it's very sad, <laughs> uh, especially when Jim has left because he's getting himself down in the dumps again and he has to go kiss Pam. But that's when Dwight reaches out and it could have been an even better moment of solidarity between the two of them. Uh, but just the fact that Dwight set aside his animosity towards Jim too after Jim comforted him. So that was great. Um. I'll just go in, well, I'll start with this one. So for me, my first one is the end of Casino Night. Uh, when Jim approaches Pam. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I, I figured we'd have some overlap. Uh, but yeah. Jim approaches Pam and confesses his feelings for her. It's the first real moment we've had that in the series. This is end of season two. Uh, we've had this buildup of the relationship across the past two seasons. We've as an audience fallen in love with this idea of these two being together, even though it seems like it might not happen because of her engagement to Roy at the time. And then Jim finally puts himself out there. It's such a great moment. And he shares his true feelings and she denies him. And not only does she deny him, she says, I'm sorry if you misinterpreted our friendship. And so this isn't really just a relationship ruiner. This is, this is a friendship ruiner in a lot of ways. And thankfully they do pull out of this, but Dwight, or not Dwight, what I, Dwight. Uh, Get out of here, Dwight. <laughs> but Jim is heartbroken. We are heartbroken for him. And th- I mean, the very next episode, he's living in Stanford. He, he's a state away now. And it, it's huge how detrimental this moment is to any kind of relationship they have in that moment, friendship or otherwise. And there's no other way to put it, but heartbroken. It's such a big thing and it does not go the way we or Jim wanted it. You said exactly what I wanted to say. Um, With the exception of he tries twice. Twice. Tries in the parking lot. Um, He tells her he loves her. He rejects him. Um, And he goes back upstairs to the office and he kisses her. He has to try again. He knows he loves her. He knows, I think, at that moment that he wants to marry her. Um, and she rejects him again. After kind of kissing him back, too. And so, okay, maybe there's a little bit of hope. And then again, she... Nothing bad on Pam here. I mean, I'm not, I'm not you know, stepping on Pam. But um, she rejects him again. And he can't handle it. And he leaves. And as you said, they're, they're close friends. They're best office friends, at the very least. Um, and that has now ruined a friendship and they don't talk for a while, uh, which I just can't imagine. Like that would be, yeah. And one last thing before we go on to the next one, uh, I I just remembered the line when they're in the parking lot, Jim says, I just needed you to know, I just needed you to know once. And Pam's response is not, I don't, or I won't, it's, or it's not, I don't, it's, I can't. Like, that's maybe even more heartbreaking than her denying him. She's admitting that, maybe without saying it, but she's admitting that she has feelings for him too, but she's dedicated herself to Roy. And so that's maybe even the worst part of it is that she reciprocates, but can't reciprocate. (laughs) Maybe we should have like added happy moments in between. (laughs) Here, how about you go to another one? (laughs) 
Ah, so just rip off the band-aid. Um, my last one is a bit untraditional. It's not untraditional, but I don't think it's one that would be picked off the bat. Um, I kind of had to hunt for this one. It's actually Boys and Girls, um, season two, fifteen. Um, I think I know what you're going with. Yeah. Jan spent all day with women in the office talking about things they know they're good at. People are saying things like public speaking and spreadsheets. And Pam just doesn't know how she fits into these women, into their lives. Um, the, the things that they pride themselves on most are so inconsequential. Um, spreadsheets. I mean, really? Like, if that's what your life amounts to. And Pam... Um, as a talking head about how unrealistic her life goals are. Um, she wants the, you know, the, the terraced balcony and, oh gosh, I forget what else she says, but it's like, it's, it's something outside of these four walls, you know? And, um, but she then has that talking head about how unrealistic the goals that she chose for herself were um, and breaks down on camera. So not only, like she's, she's telling herself that she can't have dreams. So she she breaks down in tears on camera. She's so unhappy with where her life was in every aspect. She's fighting with Roy. He devaluated her own dream. Both both the terrace, she says, it's stupid, just something I saw once when I was a kid. And the graphic design program from corporate, Roy said um, it might not lead to anything. And, uh, and she believed him. And Jim kind of ragged on her. He said, you're better than this life. And it, it hit home. It got to her and she's... She breaks down. She's like, I, I, I don't know if I am, I think is what's going through her head. Am I better than this? Do I deserve anything more than this? I don't know. I don't quite know what's going through her head, but it's clearly very de- sad, <laughs> very yeah. dark. The moment, the specific moment you're referring to when she breaks down in the talking head, it comes right after Jim confronts her because remember she told her, told him earlier in the episode about this art program that Jan mentioned. And then she approached Roy about it. And Roy said, basically turned it down flat out. Like it's not going to lead any lead to anything. And that's when Jim says, you've got to take a chance on something sometime, Pam. He's straight up with her. You've got to take a chance on something sometime, Pam. That's when she has her talking head says it's impractical. I'm not going to try. Like I'm, I'm not going to try to get a house like that. They don't even make houses like that in Scranton. So she's not even envisioning a future for herself outside of Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, So she's living her life in the control of Roy. And that's what sort of, aside from the whole gym thing, breaks apart their relationship is Pam wants this freedom for herself and wants the ability to do things she wants to do. And Roy's just holding her back from her potential. And we see that in the next season when she is able to be on her own and she does start to improve herself and gets bolder and starts making big decisions and acting on things she wants to do. But here it's the the bottom of everything and Roy is holding her back from all of her potential. What was your uh, your last one? Well, remember, I actually have two more. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, right. First, I, I said I had two to just mention. The first was the gym in the stairwell with Dwight. The second is a moment that comes out later, season seven, uh, when they're watching Glee at Gabe's apartment. And 
Michael tells Aaron he's not her father and the approval that she was seeking from him uh, becomes really obvious because she gets really upset when he says, I'm not your father. And it's a brief moment because they have a sweet moment right after that. But I just want to mention that that's really sad uh, because we have other unresolved parent stuff with Aaron throughout the rest of the series. Uh, But my next, and we can linger on both of these since they take place after where we are in the show. Uh, Angela admitting she loves Dwight in season nine. The whole course of the show, really from season two into season nine, is in some way, not wholly about, but partially about Dwight and Angela together. Uh, their initial break, their initial relationship, their initial breakup, Andy and Andy and Angela being together, the affair with Dwight, that breakup, and now we're at the part where they have the contract together, and Dwight's still not interested. Angela starting is starting to, but there there's been this whole buildup of their relationship, and then here comes the senator in season eight, I think, and she finally has this like picture perfect marriage. She's married to an important person. They have a child together, and then he starts cheating on her with the person she works next to, who is a man. And so it starts a slow downward spiral for Angela's life because then uh, uh, the senator confesses that he's homosexual. And so that marriage is finally over. And now she's a single mom living by herself, struggling to live by herself because she can't afford it. And now she's living with the man her husband had a gay affair with. In Oscar's defense, they've bonded through this experience together. But... Here she is. Now she's at her lowest point. She's realized her pride and it has realized that if I had just said yes to Dwight however long ago, my life would have turned out differently. And so she's in the car. Things have gone awful. And she's confessing to Oscar, I love him. And Oscar thinks she's talking about the senator. And she says, no, I love Dwight. And it that's thankfully that one gets resolved in the next episode. Uh, I actually just watched that moment the other day. Uh, but man, it's so sad to see Angela, who's normally prim and proper and together with herself, just losing it. She's been drinking at work. She's ragged. Her hair's not kept up. It is. It's tough to see her so dejected and so at a point in her life where. She's realized what she wants and she doesn't think she's going to get it. Her timing seems to have been off for the entire, or the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing just goes when it should. Oh, and when we see her that upset and that disheveled, um, we've seen her upset before, like when Sprinkles died and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. that was always angry upset. This is loss of hope. Um, like what else is there to live for type of set, um, which is just a, a hard, um, a hard thing to watch. Cause she just doesn't, doesn't make an effort anymore. Mm-hmm. This is the same episode where Andy quits his job at Dunder Mifflin to pursue fame. And she has a speech yeah. earlier in the episode where she says, don't let pride ruin your whole life. It's not worth it. And so she's realizing that she's been a prideful person and that in part has led to 
the situation that she finds herself in now. Okay, last one. And it's a big <laughs> one. <laughs> because it is saying goodbye to our friend Michael Scott. And this is a lot of little moments. I, I've put it down to three. Uh, the first is the song at the end of Michael's Last Dundies, when everybody sings to him. Um, mm-hmm. The next is when uh, Jim says, let's save the goodbyes for tomorrow. And then I can tell you that what, what a great, great boss you were, greatest boss I ever had. And then the other moment is when Pam rushes to the airport to say goodbye to Michael as he's going through security. And they have those that wordless moment where we have no microphones and they just talk and they hug and say goodbye and that's it. And it's those three moments. There's happiness in those moments too, but knowing that Michael is gone, like straight up gone, uh, the hope is overshadowed by (laughs) our depression at having lost our regional manager. And what always makes that um, more emotional for me is is, is remembering that the actors are saying goodbye to Steve Carell too. Yes. Um, that's what gets me. It's like, mm-hmm. this is the guy who, he's by far the most famous person on the show. He brought a lot of their audience. Oh, and he happens to be the world's nicest guy, apparently, mm-hmm. and ridiculously talented and humble, and they love working with him. Um, and knowing that, especially, I mean, it's sad enough on its own. And then knowing that, um, I think I watched an interview with, I forget who it was with, but it was regarding jenna fisher and john krasinski in those moments Mm -hmm. um that they were just tearing up for real and that jenna was saying goodbye to steve yeah moment rather than you know it wasn't it wasn't necessarily pam to michael it was jenna to steve um oh just it's always a significant um hit when you when you lose one of your big characters on a tv show especially when it Michael Scott. <laughs> and I mean, the, the seasons of love is so great. Oh, and, so good. Uh, and you see Steve Carell, how emotional he gets um, in that moment as everybody's singing goodbye to him. And uh, it, it's, it's tough to watch. And I know it's going to be tough to watch when we get to it for the podcast. But it's so good. It's so good. I love Michael. Well, coming up. <sighs> gotta do that soon. Soon. Not too soon. We got a couple months before yeah. we get to end of season seven, thankfully. That's but true. there's other emotional stuff that happens too. Yeah. Katie and I were talking before we hit record. There's a very big difference between saddest moment and things that make us cry because there's lots of things that make us cry in this show. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, lots of them happen in season seven. So we got a, a wild ride coming up. Seven and nine. Um, have a lot of emotion. I think for the entire series, they might be the most emotional, except for maybe like two. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah, we've got some, we got some stuff coming up, guys. <laughs> well, that's the end of the bonus episode. We went on for twenty minutes, so uh, hopefully you shed a few tears. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if we can get you crying, we've done our job. Yeah, is isn't that a Michael thing? I, I think I think that's what he said. If yeah. I can, it's it's oh, the uh, it's a the Ed Truck 
episode, it is, let me see. Um, if, if I can get them depressed. Yeah. Grief, is it grief counseling? I think so. Yes, it is. Depressed. Yeah, if I can get them depressed, then I'll have done my job. So if we got yeah. you guys depressed, we have done our job. Good job, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, everybody. We'll be back for another one that'll hopefully be less depressing uh, next week. <laughs> but in the meantime, uh, we'll have episode 69, where we talked about Andy's play out in just a day or two. So thank you, and we'll talk to you later. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.